welcome back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast with your host, Brother X and... The Cultured Scientist. And you know, we've been gone for a few weeks, man, but we're going to get into that later. But just to let you know, the Truth and Transparency Podcast is a podcast about both mental health and conversations you would have late night by a fire pit with your friends. And we just want to let you guys know that we appreciate all the support we've been seeing on social media. We're almost to... Actually, almost 400 plays overall from the podcast, especially with almost reaching 100 plays from our first episode. So shout out to you guys. And we just appreciate all the support, man. Yeah, it's been a minute, so I just kind of wanted to um, say, guys, thank you for being patient with us. I know some of you may have been starving for an episode and whatnot. We heard the streets was talking. And by streets, I I mean myself. (laughs) I've been itching to try to get behind the mic, but... um. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> so, no, we have to, it's the new year. We have to get back into the swing of things. You're right, man. I mean, I, you know them. <laughs> it's been a rough couple of weeks. You're so. right, man. The, the New Year's resolutions, man, they um they, they kind of sneak up on you, That's man. That's why I don't make resolutions. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, but like I said, we'll get into that a little bit later in today's episode. But you know we couldn't do another, another episode without getting into your favorite segment. You love it. You got to have some more of it. It is super fight. Superhero fight. Oh, I'm sorry. Superhero fight. Thank you. See, I'm a little bit rusty, so oh, I no, apologize. Oh, you're right. Oh, okay. Well, it's super fight. Oh, well, I got to change my notes. Then. But beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, in today's episode with our super fight, we're actually going to do another round between myself and the culture scientists. We've already had our cards pre-selected before the episode started. So, on the count of three, we're going to reveal to the audience what our fighters are this week. So, would you like me to go first, or are we going to do it at the same time? I can go first. All right, one, two, three, go. I have an Iron Man that can't stop dancing, and somehow I'm also riding a depressed centaur. <laughs> Wait, so you are an Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Always dancing. Mm-hmm. On a depressed centaur. Uh-huh. I that's probably the most unique one I've heard in quite I some time. I have no idea what I'm gonna do with this. Okay. <laughs> well, to fight your Iron Man, I have the UN. They are throwing 200 mile per hour fastballs, and they're throwing antiques. I don't know how they're gonna be able to throw both at the same time. Can you say it again. So I have the UN. They're throwing 200 mile per hour fastballs, and they're also throwing antiques. Interesting. Okay. So, for those who don't know what superhero fight is, usually two people go back and forth for a certain amount of time, arguing who will win the fight based on a character they receive, they pick, and one selected ability and one random ability. So, if you've heard any of our previous episodes, you, I'm sure you've heard how great I am at the game that I always win, no losses. Mm-hmm. The streets was talking and telling me that I always win. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, man. I, I mean, heard... I don't always win, but I, I, you don't always win. I, I, I ain't got no losses on my you record, You don't man. always real, win. Real LeVar Ball in this piece, man. All wins, no losses. Okay. <laughs> but in all seriousness, man, we're actually going to get started with this argument in just a moment. Let me pull up my timer. Um, since I seem so eager and raring to go, would you like me to go first? Yes. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Three. Oh, wait. Iron Man. Dancing all the time. Depressed centaur. Riding a depressed centaur. Riding a depressed centaur. All right. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. Three. Oh, we're going to do 30 seconds this time. Three, two, one, go. So the reason why the UN would actually win this fight is because although they are they have the ability to throw fire, uh, fastballs and antiques, they are still the UN, UNs that represent all the different nations. Because they can do that, they can actually order in drone strikes and bombings on top of wherever the location of Iron Man is with him dancing all the time. It's going to be pretty obvious to find him, and then you, you really don't see many depressed centaurs or centaurs in general. So they're basically going to find that one centaur, drop the bombs, and while they're at it, they're going to throw fastballs and antiques at your corpses. Ready? Can I just void? No, 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 no. We we, we don't run. We we, we, we we tell our truths in this podcast. All right, we are transparent in this podcast. All right, let's There's go. no weakness in this dojo. Let's go. All right, 30 seconds on clock from the culture scientist. I am Iron Man. I have abilities that I can come up with on my own. I have the, the millions of dollars. So, although I am riding a depressed centaur, it does not make him not tough. He can be depressed, but a fighter. So, he can block, and I, he's also an Iron Man centaur. He's depressed. But he can have shields to block you through the bombs. And then, if I'm dancing all the time, I'm just going with the beat to my music. And I win. I don't think that's how that works. Look, that's all I got. I mean, I mean, we took, we'll, we'll take it. So, I mean, guys, yeah, man, we you, let us know in the let us know in the comments of the of the episode or on social I media. I came up with him being an Iron Man center on the flash. Okay. I mean, at first I was like, oh man, I got this in the bag, and then after you spoke, I was like, oh, I still got this in the bag. Nah, <laughs> you're rude. And, and it's, it's part of my charm. Rude. All right, guys. So we're actually going to move on to our next segment, which is I just think it's funny. Oh, that was my move. I'm sorry. So, yes, I think it's funny this week is what I think most people think of the new year. Mm-hmm. If every store you go in, mm-hmm. the lines are either A, long now. Right. Because they're like, oh, it's time for me to exercise. It's a new year, new me. And all the stores have every all the newest gadgets for workouts mm-hmm. throwing in your face. Yeah, you're out of shape. Yeah, you need to be working out. Yeah, you're not worth anything. Blah, 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 blah. Low self-esteem. Is that what it's saying? I, I don't know. That's what the voice of the, the Karen said in my head. Interesting. I'm I know. I, I have a random Karen voice in the back of my I'm head sometimes. I'm concerned sometime. about that. Don't worry. I have a loud black lady in there, too. I just like workout equipment, and it's a problem. Oh, don't trust me. I I haven't been able to scour the stores yet for my bargains, but don't worry. I, I feel like there's some new workout stuff in our future. I don't know where it's going to go, but eh, we'll worry about that later. What's the other thing that was funny to me? Mm-hmm. I just thought about it and it went away. Mm. Mm. It wasn't, it had to do with New Year. Had, oh, no. I was going to say it had to do with the actual gym, but no. That, oh, okay. No. Well, I also think it's just funny is to kind of piggyback on the last episode a few weeks back. I just think it's funny that there are still people who really thought that they could do the whole storm of the castle th- uh, capital thing and thought that their former president, now we can say that confidently, woo, that um, they thought they were going to get pardoned or they, they're going to get away with storming the capital and a federal offense and then they just get pardoned they can go back to their real lives. You know, I just witnessed that day was just a bunch of stupidity. Yeah, man. I mean, black Twitter and black social media is undefeated, man. They, like, they can find anything. Like, you just did... What you claim that we be doing, but we don't be doing. 
You did what you be you be claiming. Yeah, you're right, man. So I mean, that, I just think it's kind of funny, man, that that happened, and there's still people who are just shocked or saying that they are fearful for their lives or they feel so much trauma. Welcome, which I mean, welcome to what some Black Americans, because I, I I'm gonna say some, be clear. because yes, not all Blacks experience the same things. True, like we always like to say, Black people However, are not a monolith. Just because we may not experience the same things does not take away that there is the chance that we will experience it and that we still must live under that umbrella of fear. And and they, as a... So, like, that particular black has a privilege that a different black may not have. I mean, we so look at, it's we just looking at some, recognition. It's a whole bunch of levels to it. I mean, I'm looking at... I was looking at some celebrities throughout this, um, this last election period kind of sideways, the way they was... Well, nah, I'm not getting to that. That might be a little bit too much. Nah, nah, that might be a little bit too, too serious. To a lot of stuff lately, so. I'm just saying, man, you better check on your favorite rappers, man, see who they really supporting. But that's all I say on the matter. So, you know what? I was debating whether I wanted to bring this up. I haven't even told the culture scientists this, but any of you who may be familiar with uh, the artist Danny Lay, um, it was something that I listened to another uh, podcast talking about, where she's been in some hot water on social media because. Apparently, she leaked quotation marks a song or a song was leaked from hers that was called Yellow Bone. Have you ever heard a term Yellow Bone? No, I heard Red Bone. Although, I do refer to some people as Yellow, but I've never actually called them Yellow Bone. So, she apparently made this song, or it was a snippet of a song, that talked about trying to empower Yellow Bone women. And it was one of those times where it's like, didn't read the room. And it was like trying to say how my man liked because apparently she's dating the baby, not to be mixed up with little baby. I have a yes. question. Yes, what's your question? You're going through all this other stuff. What exactly is a yellow bone? Uh, apparently, it is a fair-skinned woman that is of the yellow variety, that is not brown skin or dark skin. Isn't that a red bone? See, that's where the controversy started to come in. It's like no one actually even really used the term yellow bone. It's always, I've all offered high yellow and I, I offer a red bone. Uh, yes, high yellow. Yes. I refer to my family members as yellow and high yellow. I mean, you have that one friend in left. Shout out to, um, well, I'll just say her name. Hey, Jada, you you a little high yellow, but we're not going to hey, talk hey, about hey, it. Hey, <laughs> Is she, she not? She is a light bright. She is considered a red bone. I would consider her a red bone. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a red bone. I technically, T, will tell you, when I came back from Cabo one year, I was a red bone for a few weeks. Like, legit, he was red. <laughs> Like, all my friends gave me a hard time about it, but we're not going to talk about that anymore because it's kind of embarrassing. All right. <laughs> but the whole controversy was it was brought out, and mind you, with, like, the whole movement to try to, with colorism and dealing with all that stuff, that um, the problem was, one, the song wasn't good. Oh. It, it was a trash song. So you can't even put something very controversial out like that and have a trash song. Because there's a lot of hip-hop music that's like, there's degrading women. But unfortunately, a lot of people will be like, yo, this is really fucked up lyrics. But I'm going to bob my head to it, though. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, if you want to look more into the subject, we don't want to take the whole podcast talking about it. But it was very interesting because she definitely got dragged for it because she started talking about uh, parts of like, oh, she is there is concerns that she might not even actually be black. Uh, according to other different reports I've heard, like she's like Dominican and has like someone in the family. Well, Dominicans are black. Yes, yeah. I said it. Yeah, no, yes, no, they I are. said it. Do not come from me. 
I, I want you said no, like, I'm saying it to all of the to all of them that might come for me. Oh, oh okay. I just had to make sure you weren't coming for me. I'm like, dang, we have been back like about oh twelve minutes and you already ja- attacking me. But I'm I want but over in my opinion overall, mm-hmm. all to, like this whole colorism thing for me is annoying. Because first off, black all shades of the African diaspora. Hey, you better use some big words. Are amazing. That's I'm just gonna right. say that. Let's You're incorporate right. because a lot of there's there's blacks that don't like being called blacks. That's very true. There's uh, they're like I'm I'm not black. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm brown. I'm this. There's a whole it's a variety. I mean, so this, you know what the African diaspora. I mean, you know what this sounds people like. People of color. You know what this sounds like. What? This sounds like a future topic, doesn't it? It does. So I think we might we might go put we're gonna put a pin in our imaginary board on this. Well, let me just leave it. Oh with yeah, go ahead, go ahead. All t- what I what I find most beautiful about people of color, mm-hmm. and I and when I say people of color, I legit mean people of color. Yep. All shades. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean exclusive. I, you know who I'm not talking about. I about to say, we know well, you know the non-members. Shout it's out to the those. most. If you know, you know. Most beautiful, amazing, mm-hmm. different. Yep. Group of people. Talk about and it. And if we could just embrace that as a whole. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! But you know that's. That's the topic, a for, topic another day. for another day. <laughs> but I love all, my, all all them shades. Hey man, that's real. But yeah, that's just some things that we think is funny this week. I'm sure we've had more, and maybe we'll come. We'll have a, just a whole episode talking about. What I just think it's funny. Who knows? You let us know in um, on social media in the comments. So, sh- uh, changing lanes just a little bit, we're actually going to go into our third segment, which is share truth of the class. Now, normally, share truth of the class is usually maybe like a little factoid or an experience or something that myself or the culture scientist has had. But this week, um, we're going to kind of talk about something that's a little close to home, man. Um, so I'm sure that everybody knows that we're, we're dealing with a panorama, a, a pandemic going on, <laughs> and dealing with COVID-19. So to start this story, and, and I won't go into too much detail because that's for my close circle, but um, unfortunately, the partial reason why we haven't had episodes the last couple of weeks was I unfortunately contracted COVID. And with that, um, yes, I was trying to follow procedures as best I can, but unfortunately, just like in a lot of situations, you don't know because a lot of times those symptoms will pop up a few days later after you've already contracted it and you don't even realize it. I'm and, just going about your day. Yeah, man. So basically, if to give a little background information, so going back to maybe like the second week, I was out doing, I was just being doing my normal routine and... Fast forward to that Saturday, I woke up like hella early, like almost like two, three in the morning. I'm like completely dehydrated, got a banging headache, had um real congestion. You might even hear it on, on, on the episode and just a whole slew of other symptoms. So basically, come to find out, I got tested on that Monday, that following Monday, and then the test came back Wednesday letting me know that I was positive for COVID-19. But I was negative. Which is really crazy because me and the cultural scientists had been ne- near each other for a certain like amount two of time. Days. Two <laughs> Almost two, three plus days. And it was just crazy. Before we self-quarantined. And mind you, I'm like, if anything else, I was like, I'm just going to stay home. I, I may just be sick. It's very rare that I actually get sick. Isn't that... Culture, isn't that right, culture scientists? Yes, I'm the sick one. Ah, yes. I wasn't trying to point it out, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying, man, I've been very much blessed to not get sick. I like only get sick 
when the weather changes maybe like two or three times a year. And it's usually maybe just congestion, some snotty nose, the basics. So fast forward to that Wednesday, I find out. I, I'm not going to lie. It, it did hit me on some level. I got really depressed for a little bit. Um, but thankfully, I had the culture scientist, which shout out to everybody who knew and was there supporting us. I you got the MVPs. I mean, I, I could run down the names, but I don't want anybody to feel slighted if I don't say them. But I really do appreciate it. I may not always explain it well, but shout out to a certain nurse and um, shout out to a couple of neighbors. They're basically <laughs> siblings and argue all the time like siblings. I, I want to give her credit, but she, she'll she, know. It'll, it'll, it'll go to her head, but that's if she listens to podcasts because I feel like she don't be listening, but we're not going to go there. Ooh, <laughs> I, I, I speak my truth. <laughs> it's y'all's relationship. All right. Well, getting back to my story or uh, telling you what happened. So after I found out, um, went through some of the emotions, we started um, taking procedures, which if I can get on my soapbox for a really quick second, please, 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 whether you have COVID, think you have COVID, or even have the concerns that someone around you may have COVID, please take it continuously serious and make sure that you are prepared and you have things in place. One of the biggest things that I realized through this whole experience was I'm in a very big place of privilege that Mm. although I had COVID, there were family members, friends, um, neighbors, people who supported me and made the process, which at times felt long as all get out, but for the most part, make the quarantine period go a lot quicker. It went by very fast. So... But also, you know, from mm -hmm. my perspective, to the privilege part, we are very blessed to be able to rent the house we are renting because people who are quarantined, Mm -hmm. different people who might have it, they have to, like, they can't really self-quarantine because they can't separate. So, you know, we we have that luxury of being able to separate. You had two rooms you could go to. Right, man. I I, I was big balling on on, on the COVID budget, man. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, I had I had the rest of the house, but, you know, he had two uh, rooms. I was about to say, I know the culture scientist was very much concerned for my health, but I also know she was very excited to have the downstairs living room TV to herself for 10 days without any eruption so she could catch up on a bunch of her shows. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you but know, the, it got lonely. I understand, and trust me, it was tough, man. I literally had two options. I could go to my office or I could go to the bedroom. That was it. I want to watch TV in here, or I want to play games in here. That was about it. And even though I know that, again, I will acknowledge that I was very blessed in my situation, I understand that for others, it can be very depressing and challenging, especially if you live by yourself or you don't have any close family members or supporters. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I've am i been out. What's up? I hope they didn't hear that. What? It's cracked one day. Oh, girl, we're just going to leave that in there. <laughs> so, just shout out to all you guys. I'm out of quarantine. I've been out of quarantine for almost about a week now. Um, I feel probably about 90 to 95% um, back to normal. Still have some congestion. The cough comes from time to time. And my breathing, it's it's okay. But overall, I am doing well. Um, I was blessed and I have one of the more severe cases. But um, please be careful out there. If you have to go out, make sure you're following all the guidelines. Make sure you're doing the three W's. Make sure you're wearing a mask. Um, avoid high contact areas. And 
side note, I'm just going to put this out there. Stop traveling to Tulum and other out, other countries. I know they are out of quarantine, but Lord knows you don't know what you might be bringing back to the country. That's true. So stay your, because these are people I hang with, stay your black ass home. <laughs> if you can. I know it's tough. We can't, this isn't one of those, oh, I'm tired of dealing with this type of situations. This thing is probably not going away anytime soon. So please, 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 please continue to take it serious. Continue to follow the protocols. Continue to be safe and monitor what you're doing. So dream. Yeah, man, it was, man. Oh, one last thing about that experience, dog. The culture science will tell you, I rarely take naps. I have, it's like almost I have an aversion to this take a nap. This boy was knocked. I'm about to say, I'm talking about I was taking at least two to three naps a day. And mind you, that's probably going to be all the naps I take for like the next three months. He be awake one minute, I go away and come back to check on him. He be knocked up. Literally, I would literally just wake up, eat breakfast, go back to sleep, wake up again, probably eat lunch, watch some TV for a little bit, fall back asleep, and then just be stuck. So, yeah, man, that's just um, something I want to share with the class. Hopefully, my testimony or my story can give strength to those who may need it or who Wanted some more insight from someone I'm who has experience. Oh, Siri, I need you to stop talking in the podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. So, we're going to take a quick break, and we want to actually do one of my favorite segments of the podcast, which is our Black Business Highlight. And for today... Oh, yep. And for today, I actually want to shout out a business that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, for those who don't know, I am a proud member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. We just had our Founders Day a couple weeks ago. But one of my line brothers, or one of my fraternity brothers is probably the correct term, you know, because we, we are a non-hazing organization. And I wanted he let me know about his daughter's really phenomenal business. And I'm trying to pull up the information. It keeps going away. One second. They actually created this phenomenal business called the Sweet and Savory Sisters. And with this business, it's actually, um, as you can tell in the name, it has to do with sweets and other savory items. But their backstory kind of started goes along with COVID. So when everything started to shut down back in March 2020, um, his daughters actually had time, nothing but time, to kind of help around the house, start cooking meals. And then their phenomenal mom actually signed them up for some virtual cooking classes. And you know how sometimes you see a spark in somebody and it's just like they take off to the races? That's how they did with this business. So Sweet and Savory Sisters is a sweets and other wonderful items business that is located here in the Triangle area where they actually provide these services to you. Um, the website, which is sweetandsavorysisters.com, will be down in the show notes if you want to check them out. Make sure you place your orders, man, and let them know uh, Brother X sent you. I don't think it's going to get you a discount, but we're not worried about that. <laughs> but if they do want to sponsor us, I mean, I'm saying you can keep it in the blue and white family. <laughs> And we can keep, you know, keep giving them a business highlight. I mean, I'm just saying, more. man, you, you could be in the intro to the show, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, man, please check it out. I love supporting young black businesses. And I love supporting people who maybe find their spark. Which, side note, I think we talked about it in the last episode, Soul, and all that stuff. Hey, man, finding your spark is a phenomenal thing. They watched half of their neighbors. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, we, we put everybody onto Soul, man. I... We, I know we talked about, I just think it's funny and all the other stuff in the last episode, but it's very important, man. Finding your niche, finding what drives you, what makes you 
want to get up in the morning and experience life to the fullest. So please check them out. Um, the information will be in the show notes. You, you, you smiling, Will? I mean, you got, you got something you want to share? Because it was a good transition. Oh, I appreciate it, man. It's, Talking, finding your spark, and then going into our topic of the day. It's oh. kind of, it kind of well, flows I mean, together. Oh, well, yeah, man. So that was just our Black Business Highlight. And thank you again for allowing us to share your light and share your business with others. So getting back on topic with this episode... Uh, this week's topic comes from something that I actually talked to with my therapist about. Shout out to black therapists, shout out to black women therapists, y'all. Y'all, y'all be doing the damn thing, man. And if you haven't done it already, I tell your on. man, tell your therapist that you appreciate them. Give them their flowers while they are still alive, man. A shout out to the to the therapists, mm-hmm. the, the the friend therapists. Yeah, man, the ones that did that be get, give them counsel for the frisky. <laughs> We're going to start charging y'all, man. You know, we give we give good advice because we're getting good therapy. So shout out to my therapist. I'm about to say, like, we have blessings that so allow us to be a blessing blessings to others. That, and then the others can be well, more blessings. Oh, we're going to get on, we're getting the pulpit. And then more blessings. Ha-ha! <laughs> because, you know, I had other people. Mm-hmm. I bring benefits okay. from them going to therapy okay, preach, and then preach, give, preach. them giving me oh. advice. Mm-hmm. Okay, of okay. course, to talk about you it. Know? I'm about to say, I'm going to let you go. Hey, And then once work. everybody gets mm-hmm. into therapy, uh-huh. we all just become better. Hey, you right, man. We, we gonna deal pass. with mm. our issues. Yes, yes. Lord. Mm. I'm about to catch the Holy Ghost in the spirit right now. <laughs> um, Mama X, Daddy X, uh, <laughs> Daddy Scientist, Mama Scientist, please don't disown us. <laughs> We just fooling, man. We got some. We got two or three weeks spent up of energy, man. We got to get it out somehow. But in all seriousness, man, we're actually going to get to our topic, which is the grind don't stop mentality. So, when you think of the grind don't stop, what do you think of, culture scientists? You constantly going. You constantly thinking about your next step. What you have to do. You don't really take time to take a breather or take time, um, like. You feel guilty when you are stopping and taking time for yourself. Mm. Um, things like that. Um, I can speak on variety of times where, <laughs> for me, the grind, men- the grind don't stop mentality. Trust, that's I'm in that now. Mm. I've been in that, but it's a different one. Yeah, it's no. amazing how it can change over the years. You're very true, man. And, and hopefully, we'll have a chance to kind of delve deep into that more because I do want to talk about that. And when I was talking with my therapist about this, it was really one of those things where it just felt like. I struggle with it because I feel like if I'm not doing something, I'm not being productive with my time or I'm wasting my time or I could be doing something with my time. And to sometimes it's a motivator and sometimes it can be a hindrance. And in this discussion, we really want to try to focus on a couple of different things. What is it, which we kind of touched on a little bit, how did it come about and is it dangerous or not? So, Kind of talk, continue on talking about what it is. I think it's really, it's not only a mentality, but it's also a unfortunate tool that different uh, powers that be use to elicit certain behaviors out of either their employees, their relationships, or things in general. Well, I agree, and I think like how it comes, how it came about. Mm-hmm. Is that in a variety of ways? So, like, if you you can apply it to a diff- to each group, right? Right. So you apply it to women. Mm-hmm. Why do women, in particular, right. might have the grind mentality? Don't stop. Right. Um, because 
you have to be, because a woman is not looked at the same way in certain fields. So they have to constantly do better. And this can apply definitely to certain fields. So like what? Trading. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. Pick something really random. Yes. But think about a woman in trading versus a man in trading. Mm-hmm. A woman. So like I can speak to like my boss. Right. She's a woman in science. She's a PI woman in science. For those who don't know, what is a PI? A principal investigator. They, they run their a lab. And then they're they're basically our bosses, and they have a lab underneath. I, I thought that was personal investigator, but that was just I, I, see. I don't be knowing things. I gotta ask questions. But, okay, continue. I'm sorry. So like, I think about her as a woman. I think about the other women I know, mm-hmm. and then add in race. Right. So then you have to add in the whole concept about oh, no matter what, we have to be two times as best. Hey man, that's the, the, the first crazy. time. So like. What was it? My, I think, my, my father probably doesn't remember saying this to me okay. or saying this, but it's the talk. It's the talk that most African, most now, you people. Now you gotta be, you gotta be because we as black people we get a lot of different. That's what talks. I'm gonna say. The, I'm gonna say the talks. The, okay. The, the talks. series. It's a talk series. series. It's yeah. a series of talks, and I don't remember when. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember this. this what I'm about to say. I don't know why I remember it, but mm-hmm. I mean I know why clearly. But my daddy said. You gotta be, he's like, you have two things going against you. You're black and you're a female. Mm-hmm. And then he told my brother, you have two things going against you. You're black and you're a man. Right. You have to always be two times as better. Right. Again, I don't remember. I don't remember where it happened or anything. But that phrase has always stuck. And then you hear it as we've gotten older. Yeah, man. And it's been stuck. So, like, it's been beaten into us as a... As a society, that's alone. a very interesting. It's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like um, systematic racism. It's, yeah. it's but it's it's systematic gr- grinding. It, it's it's ingrained into us from an early age, and sometimes it's meant with good intent, yeah. and sometimes it is said, and you don't realize the intent that's being applied to it. So I mean, I think one thing that me and my therapist talked about or she helped me remember because I mean I had an understanding of it but it sometimes you just need an outside source to remind you of it but it's something that is ingrained in America's culture mm-hmm. that it is frowned upon to take breaks or it's frowned upon to stop and rest or it's frowned upon if you're not working, you're not grinding, you're not going to get to this paper, you're not going to be successful, you're not going to have the things that you want to have. And the ones that do work the hardest, sorry. No, go ahead, finish oh. your thought. The ones that do, like some that are always grinding, not everybody make it and they end up grinding and grinding and grinding and don't ever get any, like, joy. That's very true. You get so caught up in the process that you miss the forest searching for the big tree. And, and sorry. And no, no, it's fine. We, we we find enough flow. And I think what happens is that for us in America, one, we could delve into the fact that what the African American people knew when they first came to this country was slavery and being forced to work nonstop. We didn't have the option to say, Oh, I'm gonna pause. So for so long we as a people were dealing with we got to keep grinding, we got to keep grinding, or we're going to lose our life to almost the same thing a little bit where I got to keep grinding or I'm not going to be able to put food on my table and then I'm not going to be able to provide. Where in all actuality, 
if we are able to take a step back and look at it and be like, huh, there's a reason why, yeah, everybody has, everybody talks about how this grind no stop mentality, you gotta be working all the time, like you can, I can sleep when I'm dead. There's a reason why we have, so many people say that, but there's very few people who actually reach that pinnacle that we talk about. There's a reason why it's a pinnacle and not the standard, you know? Do you wonder also about, okay, so like, yes, sometimes people have to work grind that hard because there is, again, that level of privilege. That's real, that yeah. That level of you have what, the class, what class are you a part of. Exactly. And the, I think that the grind, I think that mentality is not just in America in general. I think okay. I think it's been built in general across the world. Right. However, you are right. We take it, le- like, taking breaks and having, taking time for mental stability mm-hmm. is now just becoming a thing which yeah. is which is sad and it's still going to take forever to get to the point like think about in italy they have they take what siestas i ain't mm-hmm. never been so little children need to appreciate nap time okay oh man them naps they, they, don't, un, they don't understand no although more. I, I know i fight it but when i do have naps they a one man i'm not gonna lie sometimes i go in the lobby on my lunch break and just go take a nap instead no like, that's real it's, I'd rather take a nap. Then, what, one of my coworkers, mm-hmm. they came from a different country, and they asked about tea. Like, so you guys don't have, like, a tea time? Tea time is for you guys to take a break. I, like, mm-hmm. we don't do that. Where you decompress. And and that's the thing that I think is really built. To take it back to, take a history lesson. Mind you, I am not a history buff, and I made Bush with some stuff. So but you know what, facts, provide it with us, and we will fix it later. Most definitely. Probably not in the audio, but don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> but I remember it goes back to, I remember it was like John Adams, not John Adams, but John Smith talked about the adage of a man who does not work does not eat. And it was a terminology that talked about, like, if you don't put forth the effort, you shouldn't receive the harvest or the benefit, which at its core I get what they're trying to say, that you don't want people necessarily mooching off of other people's work. But in all actuality, how it ended up being applied was, it was like, you're not doing, it It becomes, if you're not working, you're not going to get the food. And that's because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And in all actuality, in other countries, like you said, that's not a mentality that you see as often. Two things that me and my therapist talked about that was brought up was, one, America has this obsession with what a person does or, or their work life. Or should be. Or should be or what is their profession. Because a lot of times you meet someone in America or people from another country can tell that someone is American because when they first introduce themselves or they ask the other person, what the first person comes out is like, what do you do? Yeah. Which, I mean, it's a genuine com- uh, basic conversation starter. But in all actuality... It sets the dynamic that a American is conditioned to evaluate a person's status based on what they do for a profession. What was it that the the most famous phrase I think I hear about America? One of the most famous phrases in my head that I hear most often, especially because I, I watch a lot of TV, so I watch that a lot do. of TV yeah. that uses from other countries, right. and they're like, "Oh, that's so American." Oh, that's so American. And you don't really hear like, oh, that's so Jamaican or that's so African. Right. It's usually, that's so American. Right. And it's, I think, yeah, I think it began as an insult. 
And as Americans do, we're like, okay, whatever. It's not an insult anymore. Like we, we take an insult and, make, <laughs> and we become prideful about, almost in a sense, prideful about our ignorance or our lack of knowledge. But that's a whole nother, that, who we could be here all day. But like, that's what the, you could apply to this, this point is, oh, that's so American mm-hmm. on that part. Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's that piece of our value is correlating with what we do for a profession. And one of the crazy things that I hear a lot of times when it comes to these type of conversations is that the whole topic of sick leave and maternity leave Ooh. comes up. There's some, like, I remember there was a TikTok, mind you, I'm not on TikTok, but it just happened to get on my social media feed, where it's like, they ask, tell me your, tell me something that's American without telling me it's American. When this person started explaining that they basically started a new job and they're from another country and they moved came to America and no, I'm sorry, it's the reverse. An American came to like a British country and they asked about so how much is sick leave? And the person from Britain was like, it, it's it's sick leave. Like you you take off leave when you're sick, you don't have like a specific amount. And that's something in America which is crazy that one We're the well, land of the free. We're the land of the free, but we're so ingrained to like you need to be work to make things place or the systems that are in place are built on using so much labor or exhausting labor more than they probably should that they limit how long you can be out for being sick, which this is, is crazy. America. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Charles Gambino if you want to sponsor us, man. I mean, I, 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 I love Redbone. We were talking about it earlier. But, <laughs> but, but the whole thing is like there should not be a point where it feels like you have to choose between taking care of either your mental or your physical health or trying to work to provide for your family. If you want to have productive workers and there's been a lot of studies and I'm, I'm, I'm not educated enough to give you exact numbers, but the studies that I've looked at and the studies that I've heard from other people who are more educated and smarter than me to talk about is like the most productive work environments are ones where the employees feel supported, they have adequate pay, they have adequate time to spend with the family, and they're able to leave their work at home and be able to have a life outside of work. You're able, you're, you don't want to live to work, I'm sorry, I don't know how to phrase it, it's either, you don't work, you don't want to work to live. You want to live to, you want to. See, see it's a little weird, Hold yeah. On, let me just say it, work to live, live to work. And it's like trying to find work that. Live. You don't want to work to live. You want to live to work. Thank you. You want I to think. be able to enjoy. You want, in some sense, you want to be able to enjoy going to the place of work where you don't feel like it's going to be a drag or solely draining your soul. Man. And there's so many. And there's so many. And if I can talk about it, there's so many companies and businesses and schools and other platforms that could really do with some overhauling of how they conduct their work environment. And you don't lose, you don't have a negative or a bad work environment because you have bad people. It's because you set up bad structural things in place that cause all the good people who are committed to doing the work and trying to make a quality product, they get burned out and then they leave. And then leadership is over the people who don't care as long as they get that paycheck or as long as they do the bare minimum to get by. And that's not healthy. 
that's how you create people who get burned out. A lot of times you'll see with teachers, they get burned out. I think they, uh, one of my former mentors said teachers will end up getting burned out by year five, maybe year seven, which funny enough, I'm in and I deal with some of these things because there is so much of a strain that's put on teachers and the structures that are in place that I like to use the phrase, they like to ask us to make filet mignon with Walmart steak. And let alone now y'all in this pandemic, it, it ain't helping the situation. Which is crazy. Trust me, I'm a witness of, of his problems right Man, now. Man, okay. I'm about to say, the culture scientists know I be going through it. We were just talking about it earlier, man. But, I mean, I also look at it as, like, even with this pandemic, for an example, you look at it, what, what were people saying around March of last year about teachers? Oh, Man, after this pandemic, teachers should be paid a million dollars, man. We didn't realize people need to stop taking teachers for granted. And then when the pandemic started carrying over to the summer and it started coming carrying over to the fall and people started realizing, no, this is a very real thing that this is our new reality for some time. Nah, man, they need to go back into schools, man. And for to ease their own, you have your feelings, your thoughts on it. I'm not going to try to sway you one way or the other. I can only speak from my experience as someone who's in it is that you have to recognize that you that some people who aren't in that particular field of education are prepare are perpetuating this grind on stop mentality in the form of you need to put yourself at risk so that I don't have to be inconvenienced on certain things. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes perfect sense. So I mean Because think about it. Yeah. Let's just take my my work for example. Okay. You have you have you have like the, the the president of the whole school or whatever. Correct. But let's jump down to graduate school, okay? okay. And then let's jump down a little bit more to my department. Right. You have a chair, okay? Mm-hmm. The chair is still expected to work. Right. You have all the PIs mm-hmm. that are expected to work. Okay. Then under them, they have postdocs, lab techs, graduate students, right? Right. And in a mixture of all of that, postdocs <clears throat> are people that have doctoral doctoral degrees who are working in a lab after they finished. I appreciate that. Yes. And I never knew. And a lab tech is basically the manager of the lab. Mm-hmm. Or is the tech person for the lab. Kind of like the general manager of like a, a business? Yes. Okay. Um, it can be a lab, you can either be a lab manager or a lab tech. But anyways, we still have to come into work and some of these people have families. Right. So then that pushes people who have daycares to have to open their doors up you're right, yeah. So that the children go to daycares. So that yeah. the PIs... Have somewhere to put the so, kids. Somewhere to put the kids, at least for half the day. Right. And for the, say, a graduate student or a postdoc has it, they still have to come to work. Right. And labs are not safe for children. Or conducive to keep kids occupied right. long enough. And many PIs can get away with it because most PIs have offices. Right. So they can keep their children in they the They have office. their own space. Right. But... So you have to think about all those issues, and that's pushing, that's in pushing again onto the teachers then. Right. So it's a ripple effect, unfortunately. Like, nobody is trying, they're not necessarily doing the push mentality, but they're doing the push mentality. So there's not, there's not a, there's, there's no checks and balances there. Right. And I, I know Malcolm is wishing that y'all could see what I'm doing with my hands. <laughs> I want to mind you, my mind did not even go to that, but I'm glad you said it because now I actually paint. I was trying to do like scales in the arms, but <laughs> it looked more like a seesaw. But we're not gonna talk about. But that. like it's it is it's a whole checks and balances thing in the world that we live in. There is no true checks and balances. Yeah, There's, we're we're at a we're always gonna be slightly unbalanced, and it's not fair. Yeah, man, it's it's like the expression that people hear about. Don't like 
take your take your leave time, take your breaks, take your, your mental health days because a lot of a lot of jobs and a lot of businesses, if you were to pass out and die, they would literally have your position posted and available for someone to take it, not even before your own funeral. And in that sense, it's just that I hate using the term because I feel like it's overgeneralized and it's used incorrectly, but a lot of times we are viewed as cogs or in some cases viewed as batteries in a tea room or a cog in the machine that we are easily replaceable and that that value that you have in that job isn't necessarily, like you said, a balanced relationship because mm -hmm. they have the influence, the effect, whether you are able to provide for yourself and you're trying to continue to work to provide for yourself, but then you're burning yourself out in the process. Yeah. That's, I think that's where, so certain jobs, not all jobs have the ability or the capability to, but if you are able to have like a good relationship with your superior, right. that is really important. I think Very to help play into maybe downplaying that, uh, that grind mentality. But you think about it, like you said, it's been like we've said earlier, it's like, built into us from early on. Right. So, like, for example, in college, mm -hmm. especially bio students, okay? Y'all, <laughs> y'all, God bless y'all. I, I can't tell you how many times. First off, shout out to my Shaw University bio students from 2007 to 2011, that's very, okay? That's very specific, man. What about other Those biology are, students? Because those who I that's my those are ah, my okay. that's, we went through that. the trenches together. Ah, okay, y'all okay. went through the struggles. The struggles together. Went through the burning sands. And no matter how we might feel about each other, we are family. Mm -hmm. And I can call upon them today for advice, mm -hmm. encouragement. Right. That's that's my bio family. Those mm -hmm. are my bio sisters, and I ah. love my bio sisters and bio brothers. Okay. Shout out to y'all. But for real, I used to go to football games. With note cards, studying my my uh, different for different classes. Wait, did but, you ever take organic chem? Oh man, I took organic twice. <laughs> what y'all don't know is anybody at an HBCU who was a biology major, they it was like it was like um, if you ever heard of Harry Potter and all the stuff, you knew it was like Baltimore. You don't were. you don't speak his name. You just knew it was horrible. Okay. Yes. I have a story. I'm sorry. I we'll get back on topic in a little bit. Okay. Quick story tell. So, at mm -hmm. Shaw, right, we had a teacher right. who quit. Mm -hmm. Literally, it was a chemistry teacher who quit right before school started. Oh, wow. They went to the the enemy. Oh, who, 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 who the, the enemy? The enemy school. Who, who the enemy up school? Up the street. The only other school up to, well, it's not the only school up the street. I'm about to say, this like three or four. What's talking about? Saint I love, but on a, Saint on a real note... I love you all, but that's the enemy school. Oh, okay. But he left. I mean, they're not this bad as our, that, that. The, this the was my junior year. Up in D.C., Maryland. We're not talking about them. But this was junior year. And he left. Uh, the beginning of the school year. Okay. High and dry. Uh -huh. So they we they had a struggle to get a new teacher. Okay. So they got a teacher. And now I understand now, since I have, I'm working on a second master's, and I understand getting a master's and then going straight into teaching and having a lot to prove. So mm -hmm. I have sympathy for her now. But when I was a student... Wait, have you told me about this person before? I don't know. Okay. When I was a student, she came in high and mighty when made it worse when she was a black woman. Oh. So she came in all high and mighty on her little Real horse. Sedidi? All sedity-like. Had her pearls and everything. <laughs> so she, um, 
So she comes in and she wants to prove herself. I, that's, that's the best way to describe it. And she gives us these assignments that mm. were just ridiculously hard. Right. For intro to organic chemistry. Mm. Even though that is probably one of the toughest it is a t- classes, period. Yes, it's a tough class to, in the beginning. Mm. Then you want us to write a paper uh, in organic chem? We had never done that before. Mm. Man... That was a struggle. Let's just say she didn't last a whole. She went bye bye very quickly. <laughs> she she got. She, we all. She was allowed to pursue other endeavors. That when half your class teach. has to repeat the following year, it should say something about your teaching habits. Dog, I can say that about kinesiology. When my professor usually after the first test, he was like, "All right, so after this test, some of us gonna have to have some conversations." And the minute you hear that, you're like, oh. And you be sitting in that meme, everybody like talking about when everybody failed the test and the teacher just had in their head when they come in the classroom. You knew everybody was failing. It was like, yeah. oh, but that's I will, how it be. But I will say, the person that left us high and dry, mm-hmm. he was our teacher who taught us Jane Kemp. So mm-hmm. let's say that our foundation probably was not that good to begin with. <laughs> You'd have the two he, he screwed us over from, from beginning, mm-hmm. basically. But you know... It ends on a good note. Shout out, I'm a Sarah, Dr. DeBroy. You are amazing. I mean, if you want to sponsor the podcast, we appreciate you, it. Well, you won't. She went over to the school you don't like. So. Uh, oh, no. We, you, you, <laughs> but well, Dr. wait, no, no. I mean, but, but if you give us money, I mean, I, I can make some assistance. But Dr. DeBroy was a I great teacher. I would be a little bit nicer. Um, and then she was the one of the young, the youngest mm-hmm. uh, president at Shaw University afterwards. Oh. So, you know, it was good. But, yeah, so, like... The mentality started at a young age. Mm-hmm. It starts like I'm, like, I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna. What are you gonna do when you when you grow and up? And that's the one what biggest question that you, you hear when you were a kid. Like you, any adult will ask a little kid, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Like this kid is like seven. The kid wants to play Roblox and and do Fortnite dances. What what, what are we talking about? Now we're not saying don't encourage, don't do. But I think I'm gonna stop asking children, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm be like, what you interested in doing? Like what do you enjoy doing? Yeah. Then you change the narrative because then you're helping not program, but you're freeing their minds to think, oh, I don't have to have a goal definitively set. I don't have to know what I want to do with the rest of my life at the age of 10. I am 31. I will be 32 in August. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> we And we thought we were going to have our stuff together by the time we're 30. Woo! Okay. <laughs> I consider myself an adult. But I don't consider myself an adult, adult, like adult cute. Right. I'm adult, I'm getting to adult squared. You're adult adjacent. Yeah. Like, I thought, what I thought adult should be like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not adult, but if you talk to another person who's younger than me, they're like, oh, you adulting. I'm like, what? It's weird. Right. But I say this to say, I am 31. I have been a professional student mm-hmm. since I can remember. Would you say a decade? A, longer. Oh, wow. You're right. Two decades. Almost two decades, yeah. I, in fourth grade, told my parents I was going to be a pediatrician. Mm. Then it changed to being um, a neonatologist. I'm sorry, what now? It's the babies that are born premature. Uh, I, 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 to I just need you to say it again because I didn't A neonatologist. I wanted to be an, then I wanted to be an infectious neonatologist because I love it. I think infection ah. is amazing. That's so, hence why I'm about, about to say the culture scientists love the kids. I do love kids. I'm sorry, babies. I had to be specific. So, and then I, you know, just kept getting more specific. But right. I always, I always had an end goal. Right. 
And when I I burnt myself out, I I reached a burning point and it all came to a head. And now I have to look for a job and enter the adult world and be an adult and a real job. I don't know how to apply my skills from the past two decades. And I have, I will have two master's degrees in biomedical, virology, and microbiology, but I don't know how to get a job. Yeah. Because that grind mentality, you know, and... I don't, you know what? I don't even blame my parents. My parents did what they thought was best. Exactly. They parents they do. They do what they learned, what was ingrained in them. And they, they try to teach it a little bit different. Like, oh, this I want to make make sure I you don't do want you to make them same mistakes. Yeah. But then, you know, then I come to my mom and I tell my mom, mommy, I'm, I'm not happy anymore. Right. And I love science. I love my career, but my um, bro- brother X can tell you. <laughs> Uh, this this house will be going through. I questioned my my entire career goals. <laughs> we be, we be going. We have some the existential uh, conflicts within ourselves. But I will say, with the beauty behind COVID and the whole pandemic, was it did make me reevaluate my goals. And with me being burnt out, and it shouldn't have to take you to getting burnt out right. to reevaluate what you actually want, what will make you happy. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to use my degrees to the best of my ability. I mean, them loans got to get paid. And I'm going to take what I love. I like working with children. Mm-hmm. I like working in the public. And we're going to make it work. Yeah, man. You got to like, do I like providing a, 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 a need. And I feel like I know where that need is. And so that's what we're going we gonna to tackle in the future. And and I think one so day we, we would find joy. Yeah, man, and I think that's one day. One day we'll we'll sit down and we'll let y'all peep it. But I'm we it's still working on the lab on it, man. It, it, we're not quite ready to oh, yeah, well, tell yeah. everybody. I'm just making the point. Hey, I get it, man. So I mean, at this point, I think that's a really great way, and we can try and put a button on it and really say that the grind grind don't stop mentality is the equivalent of a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. It can be very beneficial to you, but it can also be a hindrance to you and your overall life and your pursuit. And in that. You don't want to grind so hard that you burn out your spark. Yep. See what I did there? I, I, I yeah. Yeah, man. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit better at this my podcast. Light, my light kind of went out for a moment. It flickered, man. You, know, you had to you had to flick the bu- the light bulb, flicker. man. I mean, if so you, remember, you you ain't know the struggle if you ain't had to flick the light bulb a little bit, get the cut back on. So with that being said, make sure you do a figure out a self care plan for exactly, yourself, man. even if it's just I don't know. Pick a day. Pick Sunday afternoon. And you take a walk in the park or something, or, but make it a weekly thing. Or you know what? You know what? You know what? Let's keep it even more simple. Take a nap. Yes. Literally, turn your phone off. Take a nap, and just and don't worry about how long it is. Just every once in a while, just go off the grid and take a nap. We're not telling you to sleep your day away or not do anything, but t- give some designated time. Not all free time has to be designated for an actual activity. Sometimes you may want to just be and exist. Mm-hmm. And that is plenty enough justification to do in that moment. What is your favorite self-care regimen? Man, well, I mean, I, I did a lot more before COVID, but running. Running running was that, working out, and um, I started picking up over that. It was 2K, playing uh, video games a little bit, getting back into that love of video games and experiencing that with my friends. Mm. What about you? Well... Lately, well, before COVID, I liked going to the movies by myself. It's one of my... Oh, God, I miss that so much. It's one of my uh, guilty pleasures. I go see, like, the stupid chick flicks. Mm-hmm. 
or people that I know people might not want to see. I mean, you and can say, my say my name if you want to really try to call people out. Huh? No? What? What are you talking about? Huh? Continue. I'm very confused. You usually are. But we're not talking no, about No, I'm not. You just, uh, anyway. <laughs> I would get, or I would get um, my feet done and do a movie, but it'll be my time. Um, but now my favorite thing to do is to take a bath. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the last time, not the last time, but the previous time, I was listening to music. And yes. it was really nice. But I like to watch TV still, watch a movie, pick a movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bath time is, is tea time. Yeah, man. So I think that we can say that that was really our transparent moment. So just find your self-care regimen. And some, don't be afraid to just exist. If you exist, that is more than enough to justify you being here in that moment. And remember, if you come out of COVID, this COVID pandemic, alive, well, a house, a, a house to live in, mm-hmm. food on your plate, and people in your life. Or you, some combination of them. Or yeah. some combination of the both, of all of that. And and you may not have gotten so far in your career. It's okay. You came out of the pandemic. Okay? I about to say, like, here's how it's so crazy that people think of this pandemic as just like another like issue. Dog, there hadn't been a pandemic in how long? Like almost like, like 50 plus years. So making it out of it is a victory in and of itself. Right. So don't let anybody tell you that how you are handling it is wrong. Right. If it is harmful the way you're handling it, that's different. That's right. something you should talk please about. Please seek help. Yep. Please seek help. But if you don't, you're not building a business. If you're, if you're just maintaining, that is just as important. You just weathering the storm. You do not have to have a new business, a whole, a whole new boyfriend, a whole new job. Oh wait, hold on. You know, some people get me? boyfriends and girlfriends in the pandemic, and and uh, and they forget about all the the, the day ones. Some people do. Ah, but we'll get a, we'll talk about it another day. I'm sorry, I, I, my mind wandered a little bit. We try to wrap it up. I'm sorry. But so remember that. Figure out your self care regimen, and you can follow us on um, for Twitter. It's the TNT Pod one two three. At on Instagram, it's Truth the letter N, Transparency Pod. And then on Facebook, it's The Truth and Transparency Pod. And if you really want to email us, it's truthandtransparencypod123 at gmail.com. Hey, and with hey. that, peace, grease. Oh, I said it wrong. I was trying to do Jada. So you see, you trying to use my... I was trying to do what Jada... I was trying to do what Jada would normally do. Make sure you drink lots of water. Mm, drink water. Talk to your therapist. Say, talk, call that friend you ain't heard from in a while. Make, call your partner. Hey. Tell your, say, hey, talk to your person. Tell your, your person, person that you appreciate them. Your persons, if you have multiple. Yeah, man. You know? All right, but with that being said, guys, thank you guys for listening. And just a reminder, if this does not get any bigger than what it already is, I am forever grateful. The culture science is forever grateful. And with that, we thank you, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace, love, and chicken grease. Why, why are you trying to, like, you, you, you was... You was one of the poetry jam people. Look, I did it. But I'm boom.